0: Greetings Raider Nation and welcome to the Raider Nation podcast and I'm your host Raider Greg and I've got a fantastic show for you today. Maybe not in content, but I certainly have a show that you should be listening to and you should tell all your Raider friends and family to listen to it as well. Well thank you and welcome to show number 85. Here we are in the hot summer up here in Northern California. Got the, the heat going on, kids outside playing in the pool. Well, here we go. That just means the season is near. Now I've a couple of stories I wanted to share with the Raider Nation, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, I've been I always have a good time when I find articles about other AFC West teams that have issues. Well, guess what? We found another one with issues this time. Go figure, the Broncos. Yes, the meltdown in the locker room could definitely happen. It's starting to build to that anyways. The Broncos' Brandon taken into custody. This is from Castle Rock, Colorado. Denver Broncos' safety Sam Brandon was led away from courtroom Monday after a judge revoked his bond posted for charges stemming from domestic violence. That's whomping your woman, man. I certainly don't agree with that. But I understand it. (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. It wasn't a bad thing. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. Anyways, last July, he did that wampin. Brandon, 27, was found to have violated the terms of his release. And he's left the state, and the district attorney spokesperson, Kathleen Walsh, said in a statement he was booked into jail and was released when he posted a $10,000 bond. He was a fourth-round pick by Denver in 2002. Brandon faces a charge of third-degree assault and a charge of criminal mischief, both misdemeanors stemming from his issues with his old lady. Well, here we go. His trial, however, is scheduled for October 3rd. And who knows whether a judge will allow him to play football. Well, guess what? It goes into a little sordid story on how the request of the 911 call uh, from his house was uh, fought by his attorney not to be admitted into evidence. <laughs> Well, guess what? You're going down, sucker. Anyways, uh, have fun in the locker room. We're happy to hear those stories. Uh, nice talking to you. So, that's also a hurt and a big time hit on the Broncos secondary, which they had issues from the beginning. So, that's very cool and very good for us. Okay, listen, Raider fans July 23rd and 24th, Raiders training camp, Napa, California. That's where it is. It's happening. And the season actually is just upon us. Hall of Fame game, August 6th. Don't miss it. Randy Will. And of course I'm taping it for him. Tape that'll show you how technical savvy I am. I'm taping the game for him. Okay. That's pretty good news. I'd like to see that Denver uh that Denver locker room going to a meltdown. I can't wait. If it does, I will be so happy and so will the rest of the Na- Raider Nation because I hate the Broncos. And, you know, um, I hate the San Diego Chargers too. And, of course, the hated chefs or chiefs, however you like to pronounce it. One uh, little story here I'd like to go across too is looks like Priest Holmes might be out of the Chiefs' lineup this season due to his injuries and his age. He's 33 years old, and from that concussion he suffered last season, I think he got even two of them. The doctors are not encouraging him to appear once again in the hated red and white. So it looks like Priest Holmes is gone, and Johnson might be carrying the ball for everybody with their offensive line banged up. Well, Johnson, you got a heck of a job on your hands. That's why I think the Raiders can beat the Chiefs two times this year, and send them to the AFC West Basement where they should stay for quite some time because they got a whole lot of rebuilding to do. Raider Nation Celebration, August 27th, 12 to 4. Be there, Raiders, because we're going to be there. We're going to meet a whole lot of Raider fans. I'm already getting phone calls and emails. We're going to hook up. We're going to make it happen and get some plans defined for this season. You know, we're going to do a video in the parking lot. we got a whole lot of issues going on. we got the fan buildup. For each game, I told you before, I'm going to do a one-week show build-up to game day. It's going to be Chiefs week, it's going to be Broncos week, and it's going to be the doggone San Diego nuts without the bolts or bolts without the nuts week, and that's what it's going to be here on the Raider Nation podcast. Stay tuned for more. Also, we have had an incredible offer, and I want you guys to listen very carefully to this, an incredible offer from I think probably the best Raider fan period okay as far as I'm concerned I have never heard of anyone doing such a thing other than the organization itself we have a fan willing to give up two tickets to each and every of the 8 games at the Oakland Coliseum yes Raider fans give them away to fans that are 500 or more miles away come on down and get your free tickets two free tickets To each and every game, we'll have details on how you're going to be able to get those tickets. There's going to be a contest, of course. I think I'm going to give them away to everybody. But there'll be a fair contest for everybody that was is interested in getting two free tickets to the Raiders. So that goes from all the way from Japan to Guam to Hawaii to Australia. If you wanna get on in here and try for these tickets, please do. They're good seats too. Let me tell you, these seats look right out at the black hole. You got a great angle on the field. I'm telling you, they're good seats. It's not no bunk up there in Mount Davis seats, so Stay tuned to the Raider Nation podcast. If I were you, I'd start sending some things into the forum. Some suggestions on how we can do this ticket thing would be good. So go on, get on that comment forum of RaiderNationPodcast.com. Check it out. Put your suggestions in there. One thing for sure, uh, the owner of these tickets did say that you better be on the Frapper map and have your mug on it. And that's going to be one of the requirements. I can tell you that right now. So if you're thinking about these tickets, if you've even thinking you possibly could be thinking, you better get down there and get a picture of yourself with your garb and all your Raider freakness and get it on the Frapper map today because the season will be here. Do not delay. Get your mug on the Frapper map because this is the real deal, man. I'm not kidding around. I was blown away. I'm so humbled by the gesture of this Raider fan. This ain't no buns for hot dogs. This ain't no can I borrow some mayonnaise. These are tickets to a game, and they are good tickets. So stay tuned to the Raider Nation podcast. We will be shouting out more about that along with this show. Well, here's the show, and let me just run it on down for you. Signs of the Season. We'll also be talking about... The Princess of Darkness. Barry Sims. He is out of excuses. There's an article there. I'm going to go over that. And the running back controversy seems to be something I'm hearing a lot about. I'm going to touch on that as well. Of course, we'll go to the comments forum and we'll go to the Frabber map, see who's there, and check it out. Okay, Raider Nation, here we go. Into the Raider Nation podcast show signs of the season well signs of the season i'm not talking about christmas for crying out loud this is a raider podcast i'm talking about signs of the upcoming 2006 season and i was just sitting there in the truck the other day and we were going over something that we do and i didn't even think about it It didn't dawn on me to talk about on the podcast how silly of me we go along and as it gets closer to the season i start teasing my kids and we start practicing The Raider chant. So there we are in the truck. Kids are in the back seat. I'm in the front seat. Raiders, I start off with, and the kids scream, Raiders, and we go on and on and laugh. And they start to get pumped up, just like me, about the Raiders' upcoming season, the 06 season. You know, there's a lot of things that happen this time of year. You start thinking about what's going on with your tailgate. You know, you're camping. You're looking around to camping. Now, this is just me. I could be the older Raider fan with this attitude, but I doubt it. Looking around, hey, those are cool chairs. I think I'll those would be great at the tailgate. Or I love that canopy. That's pretty cool too. You know what? I like that one with the sides on it. That's cool. I got to check that out for the tailgate. These are things that are inevitable, and they will be coming. Other things that that happen. Kids get excited. They see their the Raider. Uh, broadcasting for tickets. They see the commercials and they're like, Daddy, 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 look, the Raiders are on TV, the Raiders are on TV. We are indeed Raiden Nation here at my home. We start looking around. Phrases like, just win, baby, and commitment to excellence are things that are said around the house. I don't even think about it, but it happens. We start looking at things on the internet, start looking over Villa's locker room or the radar image for, you know, I might need a new hat. Hell, everybody needs a new hat. I see more new hats every season, and I love it. My son has a hat. He has a Raider hat that could get up and walk away, but it's his hat, and he don't want to clean it. It's just a grubby old Raider hat, but it's his hat. I think that's pretty funny, and he don't want anything to happen to it because it's his Raider hat. Talking about tickets, talking about friends, getting pumped up. Other friends coming in saying, hey, the Raiders are going to start. Hey, what about this game? Hey, John Madden's in the, in the Hall of Fame. All these things are happening this time of the season. Now... We think about other things. We think about parties. What are we going to do for the away games? We're we going to the same place. We're we going to change it up. How about the food? How about the barbecue? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? My wife and I go on bantering back and forth about many things this time of year because it is the season. Welcome to the Black Hole. Prepare to get your hair swole. Everybody on their feet with no crowd control. All you see is black and silver with you. Okay, Raider fans, we're going to talk a little bit about it. our good buddy and yours, Barry Sims. I can't tell you how many times last season I heard people screaming, Barry Sims, get out, trade him, cut him, get him out of here. Of course, you know why? Of course, you know why. 12 sacks last year. He alone let by. There was a little joke in the the general vicinity. Yes, uh, the Raiders were getting onto the bus, and an 85-year-old lady came around, Barry Sims missed her, and he tackled Collins for a 15-yard loss. And Turner, all he had to say was, well, we're working on him and his skills that he does well, and we're going to try to work on the ones that he doesn't do so well. Thank you so much, Norv, Mr. Rogers, Turner. Anyways, Barry Sims was a big disappointment considering what he used to do for the Oakland Raiders. But he does have no excuses this season, and I will say this. He has three offensive line coaches with 50 years' experience. That's got to be something. And two Hall of Famers. Now, he said that he had trouble with the confidence factor of him and his new team in the last three seasons. Barry Sims allowed 12 sacks last season. That is under- Achieving at the very highest level when you're talking about an offensive lineman. So we have Art Shell, which is an offensive line guru, Irv Eastman and Jackie Slater, which are primed to make huge changes in an offensive line and an impact that should be obvious to every Raider fan the first snap of the ball. Shell ended his career with fifteen seasons with a fifteen seasons. He's a 15-season vet of the NFL. Eastman and Slater played for a combined 34 seasons of professional football. The mantra of the Oakland Raiders is block, block, and yeah, hell yeah, you better block your ass off, Shell's saying. I can guarantee you that's what's in the locker room. Following a borderline 2005 campaign shattered with sporadic pass blocking and patchy run support, Barry Sims must block, block, block block his ass off better in 06. I will tell you there were moments of brilliance, but moments of sheer collapse in the offensive line last year. It was blatantly obvious to all fans from TV to right there on the field. Sims, who has appeared in 110 games with Oakland starting 96, will be shifted from the left tackle to the left guard next season, making way for the team's 2004 first-round draft pick, Robert Gallery, hoo which is great, which he'd be responsible for the left guard position in the 06 campaign. Last season, Sims did struggle mightily, taking on the best defensive ends in the NFL, got thumped. He got thumped all over, giving up 12 sacks for 105 yards. That blows. That's his seven-year low. His 2000 season was the worst in his professional playing, and the best being his 2002 season coming close to a season that he thought was up to him. He gave up 13 sacks, of course, for 77 yards. Isn't that great? The only improvement came in the penalty department where number 65 surprisingly committed just three total penalties in that year compared to 17 in the previous two seasons. In 96 career starts with the silver and black, the Utah alumna has surrendered 50 and three quarter sacks for 313 yards, on committing 39 penalties for 220 yards. Well, I've told you about Sims before, I've always said Sims sucked, and I'm just giving you some reasons why. He's on the hot seat. On paper, though, the 300-pounder stats appear to be a bit troublesome. No doubt, Sims was a member of the Oakland Raiders front five that that prospered and turned uh, the 21st century from a 2000-2002 season. Um, let's see, they boasted over a record over 33 wins. 33 and 15 was when well, he was on that team for the 33 and 15 wins. But that doesn't tell me a whole lot. He could have been the weak link, and it looks like he was the weak link in the offensive line, and I hope that uh, he gets pushed out with young players like Booth and McQuiston. I'm sorry, Barry Sims, you are still a good player somewhere, but you certainly haven't shown it here lately. He was part of, of course, Rich Gannon throwing 81 touchdowns with 30 interceptions during a three-season span. He was with that. Now, during those years, he was with Steve Blasnewski, awesome, Lincoln Kennedy, need I say more about him, and Mo Collins. So he was the weak link in that line. I think he continues to be a weak link, and if he doesn't have forces like Lincoln Kennedy around, he won't be able to hold it up. That's why, personally, Raider Nation podcast, Raider Greg thinks Barry Sims should hit the road, and I think he should hit the road soon if he doesn't produce. I think that this should be his last attempt at it if they give him an attempt at all. And that's all I have to say about Barry Sims because that guy, he is way out of excuses. And I mean way out. Whew, I had to go out on a little tangent there. <laughs> the princess of darkness princess of darkness is what the nfl some of the insiders of the nfl have been calling amy trask who represents al davis in legal matters and league communications amy trask was a um, intern for al davis many years ago she went off to usc law school graduated did very well came back to the organization and now sits at the right hand of our al davis now, I used to cap on Amy Trask, uh, you know, last year even, because she has little things like uh, women's football camps and training for, for, for wives and moms. You know what? I take all that back. I retort and retract the entire thing that I said about Amy Trask. I think she's a good thing for football. I think Al Davis's hiring of her was a grand idea to throw a vicious female attorney in with the rest of those sharks in the NFL and Paul Tagliabue, was a great idea for Al Davis. She does not intimidate easily. Per sources around her, she's a pretty tough gal. Hats off to Amy Trask and all that she has done for the organization, and she continues to do more and more in the NFL. She talks about football. When she speaks of football, you see the passion in her face. You see when she starts talking about the Pro Bowl, she starts talking about the Super Bowl and the season starting, how excited she gets she is a raider and she is raider nation and i think we all should embrace her as the silent but deadly princess of darkness that represents our oakland raiders to the nfl shark tank which is obviously full of what i said sharks Liars and deceivers. She's a tough gal. She's an attorney. And she is also one thing that Al Davis demands of anybody that is on his staff and works or gets paid five, five cents from him. He demands loyalty. Nothing less than loyalty. This is Al Davis's number one requirement to be part of his organization. And to be his right-hand woman, Amy Trask must have come on in and done the job. I, for one, am happy about Amy Trask being in there. I think the Raider Nation deserves her, and I think that she's kind of an unsung hero here at the Raider Nation. And we should embrace her and give her all the support possible because she really makes a lot happen, and she will be taking on more and more responsibilities as Mr. Davis relinquishes a little bit more and more of his responsibilities of day-to-day operations. Thank you, Princess of Darkness, because from now on, the Rainer Nation podcast will always refer to Amy Trask as the Princess of Darkness. Darkness. I'm a Raider, Raider, from the Bay to LA to Long Vegas, Cause I'm a player, a boss player And if you with me, pop me Okay, running back controversy. Here's a whole lot of things that I'm hearing about the running back controversy. Just the other day at the gym, I was sitting there, and the guy came in and said, Hey, you're a Raider fan. I said, Hey, yeah, I am. And what do you think about your running back controversy? <laughs> I was thrown back. I thought, well, there's got to be an article somewhere. And, of course, there are several articles here and there, but nothing really quite so dramatic as the running back controversy. But as long as they're talking about it, I went ahead and delved into the conversation with him. He was very concerned about how fragile Justin Fargus is and how if, of course, we lose the Mont Jordan to another turf-toe incident, and, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. But he's carrying the 100% of the load. Justin Fargus has been very fragile. And he went on to say about the he-hate-me is another running back that's in the lineup, and he hasn't done a whole lot, but, however, he might be something that... There's actually eight running backs in this training camp. Eight of them. Now there's not a whole lot of big names in there, other than he hate me out of the old out of the uh, arena football league. However, to go on, it really doesn't make a hill of god dog beans. Let me tell you it again, doesn't make a shitty hill of beans right now what our running back is. We could have a one-legged blind running back if our offensive line is brutal, brutal enough to pick people up and throw them on their ass. If that happens, that one-legged, one-eyed guy will hobble his way right over the goal line, touchdown, Raiders. That's what I've always said. I stand by it. I stand by it tall because no matter what we have in the backfield, that offensive line has to make it happen, has to give time for the play to develop and the running back room to get through the first line of defense, which is that front five. If it's a 5, it's a 3, whatever. So I will say this. The controversy on running back, there is really no controversy. I agree we could have taken a running back, but the Oakland Raiders had so many more holes. I'm glad they did what they did. There's a lot of controversy about the line art decision. I thought that that also was a, a dumb thing because I'll tell you, Andrew Walter is the man. I will stand by that tall as well. And I'm going off on a tangent, but I will tell you, Andrew Walter is the next superhero for our Oakland Raiders. But as I go on to the running back situation, it really doesn't make a difference who the running back is. It would be a wonderful thing to have a great running back in there to compliment Lamont Jordan, and I hope next season we can go out and get one. But this year, we did what we had to do to fill the holes that we had, and I thought defense was a big-time issue. We did take care of a lot of that. The offensive line was the second issue that I thought was huge. I mean, it might have even been the first issue, but we've done a lot. We've got Booth and McQuiston, two very promising guys right up front that can make a huge difference right away. I'm talking about impact players that can make a difference. I'm not saying they're going to be pro bowlers this year. I'm not saying much about that, but I will say that these guys are going to make a difference for our offensive line, and I, I've always said it I'll say it again we're going to go 8-8 eight and eight this season I think that's going to be a great thing if we do that this year that will be okay with me I'd love to go to the Super Bowl I'd love to go to the playoffs but 8-8 eight and eight would show me as a Raider fan that yes we are in the right direction and we're doing the right things to make things the way they were the nasty and I'd love to see that especially on the defensive side of the ball okay Raider fans, what else can I say on this podcast other than it's been great, it's been great fun doing this podcast for the Raider Nation? I'm going to go over one thing because I think this needs to be said in light of the recent articles about the owners of the NFL, and I really went off on a tangent my last podcast about how flipped out I was that they had the nerve, Sports Illustrated had the nerve, to put Al Davis 25th out of 32 teams, what an insult to the sport. I don't know who the hell was making that decision, but I will tell you this. He must have been born in the late 70s or early 80s, maybe then, maybe after that, um a young young guy with absolutely no life experience because if he had any life experience in this world, he would have thought about Al Davis first. Al Davis is the man. And no, I'm not going to cut my lips off and glue them to their, his ass because I don't kiss Al Davis' ass. I just admire the man. And uh, well, you just? it is what it is. My admiration for him is what it is. And on the Raiders site, there is a great article that says, Al Davis, number one for all time. And I'm going to try to do it some justice. As legendary Raiders coach John Madden prepares for his Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, on Saturday, August 5th, we present a look back at the 16, let me say that again, 16 proud members of the Silver and Black who have previously earned such a distinction. 16 Oakland Raiders are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We begin with owner Al Davis, who was enshrined in 1992, and I, once again I want to point out how many other guys have been enshrined in the Hall of Fame that own the a franchise, general manager, owner. Tell me, can anybody? I hear it's awful quiet out there, especially in SI land. Absolutely. Al Davis is the only person to have served pro football in such a varied capacity as a player personnel assistant, assistant coach, a head coach, and general manager, a league commissioner and principal owner of the Oakland Raiders. The longtime owner of Oakland Raiders com- compiled an exceptional record since his first venture into the pro football world as a player personnel man with the 1954 Baltimore Colts. Mr. Davis has been all over the place. Let me go on to say... In 1963, at the age of 33, he became the head coach and general manager of the Raiders, the team that had a miserable 9-33-0 and and record in his first three years. Mr. Davis led the 1963 Raiders to a 10-4 and record and won unanimous AFL Coach of the Year acclaim. He also became the first sports figure ever honored by the Chamber of Commerce as Oakland's Young Man of the Year, after three years in which he compiled a 23-16-3 coaching record, he was named the AFL commissioner in April of 1966. Within eight weeks, the AFL and NFL announced a merger ending the interleague war. Mr. Davis then returned to Oakland as a managing general partner. Boy, do you think that was easy for Mr. Davis to do? Get that merger to happen, that you might remember. Anybody around then remembers that huge hatred between those two leagues. It was big, it was dividing up the fan base. Fans didn't know where to go, it made football confusing. Mr. Davis saw the marketing capabilities and possibilities of one league, one nation, one Rata nation. Mr. Davis has been chosen by a record nine pro. Football Hall of Fame inductees to present them at the Canton, Ohio ceremony Lance Allworth, Jim Otto, George Blanda, Willie Brown, Gene Upsaw, Fred Litnikoff, Art Shell, Ten Hendricks, and now John Madden. He became the first recipient of the NFL Players Association Retired Players Award of Excellence for his contributions to the men who played the game in 1991, December 29, 1999. The Oakland Tribune and the Alameda Newspaper Group named Mr. Davis as the Bay Area's most significant sports figure in the 20th century. The Orange Bowl inducted him into its Hall of Fame in 2001. Mr. Davis continues to work tirelessly as an, as an innovator and a driving force throughout the realm of professional football. This man has, is football. Mr. Davis has done more for football than any other owner in the NFL. I know I'm ranting. I know I've already talked about this. But I cannot believe that Sports that, that Illustrated would have the gall not to put out Al Davis as a number one contributor to the sport in every way. The Oakland Raiders have caused rule changes throughout the league, throughout its inception. Mr Davis has been an innovator in play calling and technique they've out they've they've overruled many many times the way the raiders play football as being they've charged it as being vicious a uh, nasty which is something i enjoy but vicious and unnecessary roughness let us not forget that the nfl is not a sport of contact The NFL is, and I quote, a collision sport, as Atkinson would say. It is a sport of titans, clashing bodies, and the Oakland Raiders are the head and always will be the benchmark of bodies flying, crashing together. In the entire history of the NFL, the Oakland Raiders have been innovators of this type of football, and I look forward to this season being no less. Sorry about the rant and rave, Raider Nation, but I had to go on because it's getting close. We're getting close, we're getting close, close, close to what's happening. Let us not forget the Raider Nation celebration. I want to remind you fans, August 27th from 12 to 4, be there once again. Don't forget the frapper and the free tickets because we got to get and give those out. So get on that comments form, and I'm telling you, you better get your melon on that frapper map and get yourself a picture in your silver and black because we ain't giving no tickets to the Bronco fans or the Charger fans or the Chefs fans. So if you're thinking about that, you can forget it because one of the other requirements, I'm sure, is to appear on the Raider Nation podcast video so that you can show all your friends. There I was at the Raiders tailgate going to be a great season. I can tell already, and I can tell you one thing. We have a Raider fan, and I won't tell you his whole name, but I will tell you where he's from so that you have an idea. I can't tell you his name. I'm not going to do that right now, but I will tell you that this gentleman from Pine Grove, California, is giving it up. Two tickets to each game this season. I can't even believe it. I'm still stunned the fact that he would do that. And you should be stunned, too. You know, he is a hell of a fan. If you had a five-minute chat with him, you'd know that he knows what is happening with our Oakland Raiders. I could go on, but I won't. So the comments forum hasn't changed a whole lot since Captain Pinto put in his comment. Um, So I'm not going to go too much into that. It's been kind of a slow forum. You know, it's that time of year. What can I say? So... I can go into the Frapper map, see who's there. Who's Frappering? Let's not forget that thing, man. It's going to be hugely important. Please visit the site, too. The site is awesome. Randy does a great job. Don't forget, he's going on vacation, so the RMP is going to be a little slow for the next week or so, so don't look for another show. Let's see. We have from Norman, Oklahoma. We have Raider 113. Raider Rose. Wow. Michael in Portland, Oregon. Who else we got here? You guys need to look at the Frapper map, look at the Raider Nation, check out who's there, check out what's happening. Check out our site. We got the the Crusader Raiders coming over this year from England. They're going to be in the house, and we're going to have a hell of a time. I'm getting pumped up. I'm sweating right now. I can't believe how pumped I am about this season. It is going to be stellar action. Can't wait. Can't wait to see you at the tailgate or get your comments into the comments forum. Check it out. Give us a shout. Let us know what's happening. We'll shout it out to the rest of Raider Nation. Raider Nation, this is Raider Greg, and I am out.